Banned in 47 countries. Clear the airways, UMFs. Better Duck is on the air. This is a Better Canes podcast. We're just talking about canes over here. Come on, on, let's go, let's go. What up, what up, Canes world? It's Better Duck. We're cranking out another podcast here. Excuse my voice if my voice sounds a little weird. I think I got the coronavirus. I woke up this morning. I was all stuffed up. I got a little bit of a cough. I don't feel bad. No aches and pains or nothing. Who knows? Maybe it's allergies. Maybe it's from breathing in all that doo-doo water and all that doo-doo dust all week with the problems I got going on in Fort Lauderdale. But we're going to bang out another podcast. I got some stuff to get off my chest. You guys ready? Let's do it. Crack open a beer. I'll probably have two during this podcast. It's going to get nuts. It's Saturday night. I'm recording this thing. I got the old school 808 jam going on here. I made that so copyright people can kiss my ass. But let's get to it. Okay, first things first, I just saw that Duke beat North Carolina, and a lot of Kane fans were either elated or... Uh, pissed off, which I don't understand. How can you be a Canes fan and like either North Carolina or Duke? To me, that would be the epitome of front-running. I suppose most of the guys that are doing it probably grew up with a front-running father that probably rooted for the Lakers, the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Hurricanes, uh, the Bruins. I don't even know anything about hockey. But speaking of hockey, i got a special guest here for uh, Steve up in Michigan. Steve got his account back, so I got uh, Scotty on the air here. Scotty, take a mic here. We got it. What's going on, Steve? From Detroit, Brad Perlberg. Listen to the Metallica. He's on Lake Erie. Hey, Mafia, remember the last time we were up in Detroit? We hit a four-pointer. I got a swing and a hat. Well, he was running down to the thing. They were all screaming about the Metallica. Metallica, Metallica. Hey, Steve, Steve, Steve. That's enough there. That's enough there, um, Scotty. That's enough for Steve. But seriously... If you are rooting for UNC and Duke in basketball and the Hurricanes in football, that's a conflict. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not the fan police telling you who you can and you can't root for. But, like, you're probably not as pissed off as I am losing to Duke if you happen to be a Duke basketball fan. You know what I mean? It's pretty hard to do. So it's just weird seeing on Twitter – and this podcast is pretty much made only for Twitter. My Kane's persona lives only in the Twitter universe. Um, I've been on Twitter since I think 2007, November of 2007, something like that. And um, those of you who are listening for the first time, don't know who I am, don't follow me. It's at Better Duck, at B E T T E R D U C K. You can follow me there. There's also a show. Twitter that I'm getting up and going um, called at Better Canes, B-E-T-T-E-R-C-A-N-E-S. Follow that if you don't want to see, hear all of the nonsense and um, manic mental illness that I go through on a daily basis on the regular Twitter. I'm going to leave the show Twitter pretty benign. There might be some goofy stuff on there or whatever, but it's not going to be the full-on wake-up pissed off every morning that we lost to FIU and rant for 12 hours and fight with um, UFC fans from Orlando, UCF, whatever their damn name is. 
All right, so I just wanted to get that little thing off my chest there about Canes fans that root for Duke or uh, North Carolina. If I'm wrong, let me know on Twitter. Maybe you're from Durham and your best friend played for the Hurricanes in football or you have a close connection to either one of the teams. There's plenty of reasons why it could be justified. It just seems weird to me that when we're getting owned and stomped by Duke on a regular basis now that you're like, oh, man, I'm a Canes fan, but I also root for Duke in basketball. So... That's it. For those of you beer people that worry about what type of beer that other people drink, a lot of you guys are into double IPAs or those um, weird beers that are in the six-pack rings that turtles can eat. They've got fish on them. Uh, who knows? I'll, I'll, let, I'll, break, uh, I'll let you know right now I'm drinking Michelob Ultra. So get those jokes right out of the way. Because if you care what kind of beer somebody else drinks and you've got jokes for it, let's hear them. At me, let me know why I'm a fucking idiot for drinking Michelob Ultra. All right, what else happened this week? We touched on the Ed Reed thing. First, let me back up and tell you a little bit more about what this podcast is going to be about. As you can see, it's just me. It's just me and a microphone. I don't have a cast of characters here or anybody that I'm going to lean on. I'm probably not going to have guests on this thing, though I might have other Twitter guests. I just don't see myself having uh, players or former players on it as guests. There's other podcasts that do that. And they do it better than I would. I'm also not the most... Um, Humble person when it comes to begging somebody to be on the podcast or on a show or on a reality series. Uh, producers are better for that, and I'm not a producer by a long shot. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I'm up for uh, suggestions on what to do. But for the most part, it's just going to be me on the mic here ranting. And what do we got? Let me see what we got today. We got a new wide receiver coach who looks like a nerd and he's a comb over boy. I'm going to call him comb over boy for the first year because I don't really understand what the hell a wide receiver coach does. Like I saw Mike Irvin in high school and I saw Mike Irvin in the col in college and he was the same player that he was in high school as he was in college. It wasn't like some coach got a hold of him and was like, took this raw kid from high school, and all of a sudden, wow, look at Mike Irvin in college. He was like that in high school, too. So was Randy Moss. So was Lamar Thomas. So were all these guys that become great wide receivers. Calvin Johnson, this and that. No coach had anything to do with that. But I guess if you're the master of recruiting five foot nine wide receivers that have insane highlight films because you're playing in high school and nobody has defensive backs that can cover. So guys like the dude, Jeff Thomas, and any other under six foot wide receiver looks amazing in high school and they get to college and they're going up against six foot two corners that are faster than they are or closest, you know, within the um, same, you know, same speed and dynamics. Let me take a sip here. Hold on. But I know a lot of you are very excited over this wide receiver coach, comb over boy, <laughs> and I, uh, I hope it works out. 
You know, you guys all act like I hope everything fails, but I don't. I hope it all works out. This guy's name is Rob Likens. I don't know anything about him. All I know is he used to be an offensive coordinator. So the question is probably why isn't he still an offensive coordinator? Right? Anybody? Okay. So he's a wide receiver coach. I don't know too much about the wide receivers at Miami. They weren't very good last year. The whole offense stunk last year. You can't do much when you can't run the football. If they could run the football, the wide receivers would be a little more open and it wouldn't be a jailbreak every single play on the quarterback. But without seeing the offensive line improve, I'm predicting about the same type of offensive production this year, 2020, as we had in 2019. I know a lot of you don't want to hear that because we have a new offensive coordinator and this guy's going to be running the spread. But you ain't running no offense if they can't block up front. A lot of people think that you don't need to be able to block to run the spread. But if you're, gonna, you're not going to go anywhere throwing one-yard passes. Okay? So, yeah, you can do some stuff. Maybe this new quarterback that's coming in has wheels or whatever, and he can um, just break every trend and tradition in college football going back the last 100 years and be productive without having a running game. I don't see that happening. If the Canes can't run the football, if they can't pass block, this will be another disaster year. No quarterback or play calling or wide receiver coach is going to be able to bail that out. And that's fact. And it just comes down to recruiting. This is a recruiting gig. I've said it before. Miami's not getting the type of players that they got, you know, around the butch, end of the Butch era and the first start of the Coker era or the, or the you know, Dennis Erickson era. They're just not getting the guys, and there's plenty of reasons for it. All the big schools, the SEC schools and stuff, are coming here, and they're dropping off big bags of cash to the top-flight high school talent here in South Florida. It's crazy. Dade County is a lot crazier than Broward, but Broward also produces a tremendous amount of Division I-A talent. It's just Broward isn't as bogged down with street agents and other cast of characters, you guys know who they are, that are driving kids to other schools for what other reasons, and those other reasons are money. People are getting paid, coaches are getting paid, and um, street agents, or whatever you want to call them, football guidance counselors, are delivering kids to other schools for a lot of money. This is a big, big billion-dollar business. And Miami is left out in the cold. So they occasionally get a good player. But you look now, they're not going to have anybody taken high in the draft again. They're not going to have any first-rounders. They're probably not going to have any second-rounders. Nobody on the Canes won any individual awards at the awards show. And this is simply a recruiting gig for whoever comes here. Now, I understand. I saw, you know, this week with the late editions of... Quint, who did we get? Avante Williams, a safety. And what that did, he flipped from the Gators. The Gators were filthy mad at the end of the week and saying a lot of terrible things. But that uh, incoming safe freshman safety, that's not going to turn your team around. That's not the problem. That's not why the Canes aren't be beating FIU and beating Duke and La Tech. It's not because of safety play. Okay, I told you, it's because of line play. And... I don't know anything about this kid. I don't follow recruiting. I don't go to those services or 
dabble in that. I get pretty much everything I know from Titan, Kane, Tony. He follows the recruiting stuff a lot harder. I don't follow it at all. So he gives me all the information I know, and I don't really know anything about this Avante Williams guy other than congratulations, we're 13th in recruiting now, whatever that means. Now, if I was into it and I knew more about it, I would know how these things are top-rated. Like, are there a bunch of high-rated small people, wide receivers, kick returners, little running backs, and receivers that have high ratings that are pushing up that number? Or do we have the beef? Are we getting the left tackle, the right tackle, the defensive? We're not. We're not getting those guys. So the 13th... Um, ranked recruiting class for 2020 or whatever it is, it could be misleading because if it's stacked with small players, then it doesn't really matter because really what we need are big players. We need tackles. We need uh, interior linemen. We need guards. You need a brutal center. Like Miami is so bad, and it was such a jailbreak last year that the left tackle and the right tackle were getting smoked, and the center was getting smoked on every play. If you watch the Canes try to pass the ball, whether it was with Jaron or Perry, they had no time. They had like It was like, uh, hike, one second, sacked, or just chuck it. That's weak. I didn't expect Manny to How do you say uh, stock the shelves in one year or replenish, um, you know, all the lost talent or whatever? I don't really understand the problem that Rick had when he was here. It just, man, he left the place just terrible. I was against the hire from the get-go. That guy's a dork. You guys know I don't like him. I don't like fuddy-duddies, and that's what he was. And, yeah, he's a hurricane. He sat the bench here behind Jim Kelly or whatever. But to me, he's a seminal because he's how you have a southern drawl and you're from Boca. He's from Boca Raton and he's all shucks and you know he's like Opie Taylor off maybe RFD dude you're from Boca, okay? So that uh, southern accent he has that's definitely a Florida State thing. That's a Tallahassee thing. Those are his people. Just like Saban, he didn't understand Miami. He thought he did. But he didn't, and he's gone, and now we have Manny, who is the poster boy of Miami, and that didn't change anything. The team got worse and had the worst season they've had in recent memory since color television. So he brought in Hurricane Royalty, Ed Reed, NFL Hall of Famer, the savior of the 2001 season with the strip return from Matt Walters against Boston College. They play it every year. Plus, we've all watched the uh, little documentaries of Belichick and with Peyton Manning talking about how good Ed Reed is. We know he's good. The problem is he doesn't have any eligibility left, so he can't put on pads and go out there and play. I'm not really sure what he's going to do. I talked about this on the last podcast a little bit. If somebody can fill me in, whether he's going to be wearing dress pants or he's going to be wearing outdoor stuff, coaching clothes, you know, bike shorts. I don't understand what he's going to be doing if he's in an administrative role, like walking around the practice with his hands in his pockets 
and there's a million little bylaws that I don't know about, nor do I care to learn about. So he can't really coach. He can't really recruit. He can only talk to recruits on the phone. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that whole um, fascination that Canes fans have with former players is kind of weird, but I get it, you know, but I just don't see – I don't see the Ed Reed hiring doing anything in the short future. Maybe long term, he can clean up some stuff. You know, maybe over the four or five years, if he's here that long, he can clear up some long, lingering problems. But he's not coming in there and teaching those kids how to turn their back on Peyton Manning and then, you know, do a, a hook, reverse hook route and intercept the pass because he fooled Peyton Manning. That's not happening. I also. Don't know anything about um, the offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, who has the Gone with the Wind name, like Rhett Butler and his counterpart, Ashley. I get it, Rhett Lashley. My voice is starting to go. Just bear with me here. Only a couple more minutes. Um, but I don't have to know anything about Rhett Lashley because we have the best in the game Breaking down film for the Hurricane fans with Roman. I'm sure all of you guys follow Roman on Twitter. He's a real smart offensive guy. He's not regurgitating crap heard on Undisputed or First Take. This guy really understands offensive football, and he's breaking down film on his own time and pointing out trends and all kinds of stuff. I'm not breaking any news here. You guys all know he posts those things on Twitter. That's where I learned everything about Rhett Lashley. And I watch all of Roman stuff, even if I make wisecracks on the videos themselves. That's just me. I appreciate him going out there and doing that work because it is informative and you do learn stuff by watching it. What else do we got? We got the two guys from the transfer portal. One guy from Temple, I got a friend who lives in Jersey, two daughters go to Temple. So he told me the kid's good. This guy is a, um, a Giants fan, so he's all about Lawrence Taylor. He's also a Gator fan, but he's a somewhat of a Temple fan a little bit because he lives close to there and his daughters go there. And he's a Lawrence Taylor fan, so he definitely knows pass rush. And the first thing he said was, he was like, that guy Roach is good. He can play. So I'm going to take his word at it. I don't think we're going to have too much of a problem in pass rush. But the team has been soft. Example, when Miami is running downhill and they've got a quarterback flustered, they seem to do really well and gather sacks and plays in the backfield. You know, um... Numerous ones in a game, but I still don't understand what happened at the end of the season last year when how could that Rousseau kid and the other defensive end that shouldn't have gone into the uh, NFL draft, they get nothing against FIU? They get smoked? Like, that's got to really humble you. Like, that kid, his ego and everything needs to come right, right back down to earth because you ain't, you don't have swag if you get shut out versus FIU and lose the game, okay? You walk with your head down. That's the way football goes. I ain't giving you nothing for, oh, man, you got five sacks in one game. That's great. Plenty of people do that. But, dude, how do you get shut out against FIU? 
I mean, that is weak. And then I also um, don't know anything. I don't watch Houston, so I don't know anything about Derek King other than watching Roman's um, cut-ups. He seems incredibly athletic. I'm excited about him coming here. If we had a decent offensive line, I'd feel a lot better going into the season with the uh, trying to do the spread. But reality is, is everybody in the team is now learning another offense from scratch. So last year was for nothing. That Joe E. Brown looking doofus Enos, he's gone. God, you know, good riddance. Get out of here. But now everybody on the team that already doesn't seem too smart or, <coughs> excuse me, or quick to be able to pick up offensive schemes is now learning another one. So a built-in excuse for 2020 is going to be like, oh, you know, um, we have a new quarterback and we have a new scheme. So the linemen all have to learn new blocking assignments and a new scheme. These guys are kids. They, what do they practice, 17 hours a week or something? They're not going to pick it up quickly. And if they don't, the De'Ara King kid is going to get injured because he runs like lightning, and that's just the nature of the game now. Those He's just going to get smashed, which means Perry is going to be in, or the other kid there, the one that wants to be the fashion model. And we're going to be back to square one with them not knowing the offense, with having to make it up as they go along. Does this make sense? You know, I don't see a lot of um, predictions out there. I know Danny's predicting that we go 12-0. and 0. He's a great fan and much more optimistic than I am. God bless him for thinking that. I've seen some other people that are saying 9 to 10 wins. Man, I just don't see it after losing to FIU like that. Like, I just don't see the team climbing to be able to make 8 to 9 wins or even 6 to 7. I think we're going to have a similar season to last year, if not a little, maybe a little worse. Because Miami did have that um, good game against Louisville, which I just don't understand how you can do that, how you can go from Louisville to FIU in a span of 14 days. But we're going to find out. We got the whole offseason. Probably not a lot's going to happen. I watched um, the XFL today. I didn't really, you know, stare at it like it was the NFL, but I had it on while I was doing some stuff around the house. And I sat and watched some plays and everything. It's good to see Winston Moss coaching. He's got a towel around his neck like Donnie Solinger. He looks tough on the sidelines and doesn't look like a chump. He should probably be here coaching somewhere after this league folds. Who else was out there? Jim Zorn was out there. That guy's pathetic. Like, there's some real retreads in this league. And the difference between that and that league they had last year, what was that, the ALF or something, the AAF? who couldn't move the ball, they moved the ball a little bit today. It was a little bit too easy to score. I think they had better quarterbacks and probably not as good defenders where I thought that the last league was defense heavy and the offenses were weak. But that's it. What do we got next? Fill me in. I'm not the big calendar guy here. I don't know what's going on. We're done with recruiting, right? And the next thing will be the combine. I haven't seen the list of the Canes that are going to the combine but as usual, the Kane players usually excel at all these combine things and run faster and jump higher than were predicted, and then they get overdrafted too high or 
they don't get drafted at all. So I'm not looking forward to a lot of Canes doing well in the draft this year. How can you after the way the, uh, the season ended? Good players don't go out like that. So a lot of the players that are, uh, you know, that left early, which was a huge mistake. I don't care what the reasons are. Dude, their babies aren't starving in the United States. Just because you have a kid and you're in college, dude, they'll feed that kid too. They'll get money. The people, uh, well, nobody's starving to death. So stop using that as an excuse. Do you understand? And stay in school. Barring some catastrophic, you know, circumstance in your life, stay in school. And not everybody's cut out to be in the NFL, so... Good luck. There's another league now. Those of guys that don't get drafted in the first five rounds, say if you go in the sixth or seventh or undrafted, man, you're not going to really make a team. You might bounce around for a year or two on a practice squad or be at the end of the depth chart because a coach sees something you like, but you're going to bounce around from camp to camp, and that's just not the way you want to uh, – not the way you want your career to go in the NFL. Stay that next year. Man, that running back that left a couple of years ago, what was his name? Yearby? I said it on Twitter, too. I'm like, dude, running backs get hurt. And damned if that Walton kid didn't go down and Yearby would have gotten all those carries. But it's like, oh, man, I ain't going to start. I'm leaving. Dude, everybody gets injured. The... Uh, the players that left, these transfer portal guys, I don't understand them. Everybody gets injured. No quarterbacks except huge, giant dudes. Man, everybody gets hurt every week, every couple of weeks. You're all going to get to play if you're any good. If you're not any good, then you're not going to play. But the idea of like, oh, wow, I'm just going to sit behind this guy for three years, like, you know, it's the 70s and the 80s. Dude, the defenses are for real now. People get knocked out. People get concussions. Dudes get their shoulders separated. It's happened to the Hurricanes like every year for the past five years. Stay in school. Be ready to play. Be available. Well, that's about it for my voice. As you can hear, it's kind of cracking up, and I apologize for that. And I'm just getting started with this podcast game. Hit me up on Twitter, at BetterDuck, if you have any suggestions, have anything you want to hear. And that's it. We out, folks. Go Canes.